everyone. Happy New Year 2023 and welcome back to the second season of the Sit with Snit podcast. And I'm your host, Hannah Snikovsky. This season is focused explicitly on sitting with singlehood, how to live a meaningful life while still searching for your life partner. On the show, we process ideas and topics by engaging in thought-provoking conversations with different speakers. For our fifth episode, we're sitting with a legendary human and Jewish dating coach for women, Jackie Glazer. I think I've known Jackie for almost a decade now, and it still holds true that she's a tremendous source of growth, inspiration, and she really provides a real impact wherever she walks into a room. Jackie is Australian-born, a New York transplant now in Los Angeles, with a background in psychology, education, and leadership development. When she stripped away the bullet points of her resume, Jackie gained a sense of curiosity that she had never afforded herself before. Bringing 20 years of experience in from psychology, leadership development, Jewish spirituality, meditation, hypnosis, somatic psychotherapy, and body work, Jackie's passion is to empower all to create deep satisfaction and fulfills one mission in this world in a safe and non-judgmental environment. I knew I wanted to speak with Jackie because of her tremendous success as a coach and through her own experience with singlehood. We discuss at great length what it means to never settle in dating and how to achieve personal breakthroughs that translate in our dating lives. I think what I love most about speaking with Jackie, and you'll see it very evidently in this episode, is that she speaks on a multitude of topics that um, include but aren't limited to dating and how to find the right person. And most importantly, that there's really nothing wrong with you. You just have to be able to let go and let God and Surrender into abundance. So without further ado, I'm really excited to be sitting with Jackie Glazer, and we're very excited for you to be listening in too. If you enjoy this episode, please feel free to like, share with a friend, and connect with us on Instagram. And as always, it's all lessons and blessings. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Sit With Snit podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Snitkovsky, and you're in for a treat tonight because I feel honored um, to be sitting with uh, Jackie Glazer this evening, um, getting ready to speak with you guys about the single experience. Hi, Jackie. How are you? Hi. Thanks for having me. So happy to be here. It is such a pleasure. It's an honor, guys. I, I've known Jackie now for a while, and I feel like a lot of women have had the privilege of knowing Jackie um, at the beginning of their their journeys with Judaism. And I just feel like Jackie has been such a staple part of so many people's lives. And just to have witnessed her own trajectory and seeing her growth also in her career and now the lives that she's changing um, for women all around the world, it's just unbelievable. So first of all, like I look up to you, Jackie, in so many ways, and I'm just so excited to have you on the show tonight so we can kind of just speak about this entire singlehood experience and how we can bring meaning to this chapter in our lives. Awesome. Wow. Great. I'm so honored to be here. And yeah, yeah it's amazing what life, uh, what life takes you through, you know, the journey. Yeah. The journey. I mean, guys, just to give you a little bit of, you know, background, Jackie used to be um, the Today Show psychologist in Australia. Okay. That's a big deal. And, you know, she can obviously tell a little bit about where her journey led her, but, um, I, is it three years now? 
three and a half. That today. you moved out to LA. Three and a half. Wow. Today. Wow. Wow. Three and a half years today. Yeah. Oh my gosh, guys, this is, this is even more in line. This is like hashkaha, like at its purest form. Wow. I have chills because I remember watching your wedding on zoom, the beginning of the pandemic type of thing. And just thinking to myself, wow, like that, this is, this is like, you just saw Hashem manifest from your wedding. And I, I'm just, yeah. So we're going to go straight into it guys, because there's so much I want Jackie to jump into and share her wisdom on. And in particular, something that I think that Jackie, especially now with the work that she's doing with dating coaching, um, really talks about is the idea of never settling. And I find that it's such a dichotomy to embody this you know, abundance mindset. Like, yes, I'm never going to settle. I know Hashem's out there and he knows exactly the man I need. And then you also have that scarcity mindset that comes in, right? Okay, maybe you're getting older. Um, I'm not getting as many suggestions. You have the stigma of the communities that you might be residing in, and you're not sure necessarily where where you place that importance in your tefillah. I actually got a DM about that earlier today. I was like, this is perfect to bring up to Jackie. Mm-hmm. So I would love to kind of pass the torch to you to just talk about that, something you've been seeing with your clients, within yourself, whatever you're comfortable sharing. Just like, how do we how do we embody the never settling idea and how do we make that real for us? Yeah, it's a good question. Never settling means not giving in to uh, your, not dropping your values. Never settling means not abandoning Mm. your values, really. It means not not dropping your standards subpar for things that we know are important to make a marriage work. And that's where people get confused. Mm. People think I'm not going to settle is I want exactly what I want and I'm not settling for anything less than what I want with my long list of things. Now, sometimes the things on those lists are not the most essential things for marriage, like that, that would make a marriage work. Mm. And they're things that don't even stay, stay the same. They're things that the change, right? Looks change, locations change, jobs change, all sorts of things change throughout life. And we want to look deeper than that. We want to look and see, well, what is a person's character? What, what are they made of? That's what determines a happy marriage. And when we look, when we sacrifice our values, and we betray our values or drop our standards in what spiritual beliefs or personal beliefs, moral beliefs, anything like that, then that makes it very, very difficult to make it work. And so when we say not settling, mm. we have to first define the term. Not settling really means to stay true to your values. Don't draw. I had a girl, a, a mm. lady, a young woman come up to me. I spoke in LA this week to like 200 people, a whole mixture of backgrounds. Wow. And this one beautiful woman came up to me, young woman. And she said, with, she said, you know, most of the guys I date don't want to keep Shabbat because that was the world she was in. Mm. And I keep Shabbat. And so it's really, really hard. And I could see that the unspoken question is, shouldn't I just date these guys? And it's okay if like I keep Shabbat, they don't keep Shabbat, or maybe I should stop keeping Shabbat. Like she didn't say that, but that was the, there was a big fat question in the question. And I looked at her right. and I said, don't you sacrifice your values. Hashem, God will bring you someone so beautiful who keeps Shabbat. Don't worry. And she burst into floods of tears on the spot with relief. I can imagine. With relief and with like, thank you so much for saying that. I really needed to hear that. And she was like, literally, I was like shocked at the level of flooding that she had because she'd been holding this in so long and felt that she should really sacrifice her values. Like, shouldn't I be flexible? She said, Shouldn't I be flexible? Shouldn't I 
No, not on this, not on this kind of thing, because this kind of thing won't make you happy. You'll always feel like you've betrayed yourself. And if you feel like you betray Ooh. yourself, then you're not going to, it really chips away at your self-worth and your integrity with yourself. And there's nothing that's worth that. Mm. It's better to be single than do that. No. And so that's such, really such a, wow. Yeah. We have to really focus on what that means settling. You know, it's not settling to, yeah. to, to be flexible. It's not settling to um, be open-minded, but it's, it's settling to go against your value system. Mm. So I think even before this, like before this question, it's like, how do you better understand your value system? And I know, you know, as someone, I definitely took the time to dedicate to figuring out what my, you know, value system was, but I think also with life, it might change. It might get stronger in different areas. And how do you have that clarity? Because of course, when you're sitting in front of a guy and he seems wonderful, I think it's sometimes hard as women or as just human beings, we might want to just make things work in the moment mm -hmm. because it's like, oh, well, this is such a lovely person. And then we get that fear instilled in us. So I'd love to hear how do you really reinforce those values within yourself and how do you make sure that your values are truly yours and they're not being based by other people or the ideas of who you want to be or where you're not currently at? So that's a very big question. That's really about going on your own journey of self-discovery, self-growth, mm -hmm. and understanding who you are to begin with. Really, it's very hard to date if you don't know that, the basics. Like we're mm -hmm. always growing and we're always learning. That's like life. But there's a certain level of basics that you have to understand about yourself that uh, if you don't mm -hmm. know that, it's going to make navigating dating impossible because you're not going to be able to recognize the one who's in front of you if he's right if you don't know yourself, because you're not coming from a place of clarity. Mm. So the first thing to do is go to yourself, lech lecha, right? Go to yourself and be able to, um, and be able to get that clarity of who you are. Go on that journey. There's so many different ways to go on that journey, right? My course is one of them. I do a little plug, but it's, it's, there's so many ways, whether it's therapists, mentors, Jewish, you know, Jewish programming, there's all different ways to go on that and to really, really think for yourself, what do I believe and why do I believe it? Mm-hmm. What do I believe and why yeah. do I, where did I get that from? Did I just adopt it because society says so? My family says so? Oh, we don't do that. Okay. But like, well, why? You know, think consciously, think critically mm. and reassess your values. Yeah. So important because I think that oftentimes people are afraid to date themselves and whether it's the fear of actually getting to know who you really are behind all the masks that we wear day to day, or maybe coming to realize, wow, I have a lot of work I need to do on myself. I think people are a little bit hesitant to do that work. And whereas I think the sooner we pick up on the fact that you need to roll up your sleeves in life, um, the less resistance there is in, I think, any chapter of our lives. Why do you think people are scared to do that work, Hannah? I think it's just, it's, there's so many idioms. I'm trying to think because I think in three languages, you know, the devil known is it's easy. Do you know what I'm talking about? The idiom? <laughs> like oh, it's sometimes um, just better, better easier. The devil know. Better Thank the devil you. Know. Um, yeah, sometimes it was, I, it was exactly. a Kylie, it was a Kylie Minogue song, which is an Australian, uh, Australian <laughs> singer. Better the devil, you know, that's why I know it. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> okay, exactly. So I think that people, it's just like, well, this is how I am. And that's just how it is. Like, this is just, it's just easier to wrap your mind around 
being stuck a certain way and labeling yourself in a certain way because you find comfort in just relishing in that and identities. And I've talked about it with a lot of friends and people just, I don't want to say that they're lazy inherently, but I think there is this resistance to maybe making big changes in their life because you don't know what the other, you know, turning the other corner looks like. But I think that there's a feeling of being so dissatisfied also with where you're currently at. I know I felt that, you know, couple years ago when I started kind of my own journey and my own process, I was so dissatisfied with the type of life I was living that I didn't care what was coming through the other corner. I knew it had to be better than what I was currently existing with. And mm-hmm. I feel like that can also be the set, the same in terms of dating, um, whether like you have been dating for a long time and you're not happy with the way that you're dating and realizing maybe there's a different way to date or just taking a moment and taking that break that you might need to just really reflect on yourself I think dating yourself and knowing who you are, like you said, is the prerequisite to everything in life because you still have to live with yourself. You're going to be married, please God, but like you still have to be with yourself. And if you're not happy with who that person is, that dissatisfaction, no external force can really rectify in my opinion. Right. Exactly. You got to be, you got to be at home first in yourself. I always say that your soulmate feels like home, not Hollywood. And uh, the mm. only problem with that is, is that if you're not home in yourself first, you can't recognize home. So you have to be home in yourself. Oof. I mean, you have to be, you know, connected and, and relaxed and accepting of who you are, and then you'll be able to recognize him. And so really that's what, what, right. what I feel the work is before, before marriage. And when you're dating, this is the work you can do so that you can actually have a whole different level of relationship. You can get married when you've got lots of issues and lots of anxiety and lots of, you can, lots of people do. There's plenty of dysfunctional yeah. people who are married. And so it can't be that that's the reason you're not married. I, I'm really strong on this mm. point. I can't stand people who say that's why she's not married or that's why he's not married right? Because you don't know. We just don't know. Hashem has the, the biggest picture. Like God has the highest picture. We, there's a whole other person involved other than you. We just don't know the whole picture. So you can't point to one issue and say, that's why they're not married only, right? Only. Mm-hmm. But, but you do have to do the work because we can block things. We can get in our own way and we have to be able to be open to doing that own, our own work, but knowing that we're worthy regardless of marriage. So pr- part of us is mm. detaching from I need to get married to feel okay about myself or to feel worthy, right? Because that, that's wow. the same thing about giving power to something outside of you to validate you. That's the same thing. Marriage also mm-hmm. can't validate you. You have to, it, it's whatever you are is going to come out in marriage. So if you don't feel f- complete without marriage, once you're in marriage, guess what? You're not going to feel complete. You're not going to be able to, he's not, the, your husband's not going to be able to be everything you need. That's codependency. We don't want that. No, we don't <laughs> we want do that. not want that. It implodes because it's too intense and it can't last. And and it's when people seek out their childhood wounds with their with their spouse as if they're a parent, and they hope that they'll be able to fulfill those wounds. Mm-hmm. And really, we have to learn that we are the only ones that can do that healing and can complete ourselves. And when we go in a little bit more complete and whole to marriage, then that's what actually creates a healthy, happy marriage. Is when I go in as a giver, wow. not as a taker. I don't want to. Yes. When I go in as a giver rather than I need marriage to make me feel better, which is a type of taking, that doesn't ever work. That's never, that's never really marriage. I don't know what that is, but that's not really marriage. That's not love, right? We know love is, comes from giving, right? Ahava comes from have, love, to, to give. So, yeah, if, if you're in a place where you're so needy of marriage to make you feel good, then you need to do that work outside of marriage first. Yeah, absolutely. Really? And what do you... 
ideally, right? What do you, you know, suggest or like, have you seen this with your, with the women that you work with where these people are doing the work and yet they aren't seeing necessarily the results that they're hoping for? And I, I, you know, let's put the result as being marriage, right? What do you, what do you tell these women? So that's where there's, that's, that's, there's different types of Ishtadlis. Okay. There's three mm-hmm. types of major Ishtadlis that you have to do. This is what I'm about to re- do a little dating revamp boot camp. Um, you have to do Amazing. inner, inner list, which is this work we're talking about, the psychological, emotional work, the wounds, the blocks. Am I open to marriage? Am I work through my fears of marriage? All that kind of stuff. You have to do that work. Most people don't do that work, actually. Most people don't. Mo- most yeah. people are not. That's the least work that people do. Because while, like what you said earlier in the in today, you said people are scared of it. People are are kind of just like nonchalant. They're going around. They're just they're you know they're they're happy as they are. They're content. They're complacent. So most people don't do that work necessarily. The second work is the practical work. Most people do do this type of effort, right? Which is going around Mm -hmm. to either matchmakers or on apps or singles events or friends, suggesting friends, right? They they do that practical work of like getting out there and actually dating and doing that effort. Third is what you're asking about, which is spiritual work. So if you're doing all the other work and Mm -hmm. it's not happening, then the work to do is the spiritual work, which is trusting in God and prayer. And so really Mm. in the darkness, when things are not happening and not going your way and you're left in pain and you're doing everything you really think you can, like you really, really truly are. You're not just saying that, but you really, really are. So then you have to bow your head and say, I surrender to you, Hashem. You're the one in in charge of the timeline. You're in control. I'm not in control. Let go, let God. This is where that nice little Instagram quote comes in. Let go, let God, right? Surrender, surrender, detach from the outcome. Detach from needing the outcome to be the way that you need it and when you need it, right, on your timeline. Key, key. That's the key. Intention is important. Desire is important. You never give up. You never give up. It's not giving up. Surrender is not submission. Surrender is not res- mm. resignation. Surrender is I accept the situation right now that it's not what I want, but it's what God wants. And it's gonna, it could change tomorrow. So I'm not saying this is how it's going to be. It could all change but I surrender to the fact that I'm not in charge and I know that I'm not in control. And that's really, that's really the key. So that's, that's what I would tell someone where it's not happening now is that it's, it's humbling. It's scary. It's humbling. It's vulnerable. And that's exactly where God wants you to be because that's how you get to be your best self is through those experiences. I know it's pretty tough love. I feel like that was just, no, sometimes we need a little bit of that Harif, you know, and like, we are in Kislev. It's that it's like Hanukkah's around the corner and I'm hearing this. I'm like, wow, it's all lining up so much. And it was, you know, I just did a different podcast with Dasi Zar from New York talking about surrendering. And I feel like we just have to knit that, you know, hit that nail home about surrendering because I think there's, like you said, oftentimes we might think that we're surrendering, but we're actually submissing ourselves. And Hashem doesn't want that. Hashem doesn't want you to be submissive. Humbling is like you're gracefully, you know, allow, like you're, you're owning your place, but it doesn't mean you're going down in that place. You're owning it. Like your back is straight. You have your posture, you know, your worth, but you also know where you stand, I think is kind of like the visualization that I'm seeing um, as you were describing that. You know your place in the world. Mm. You know your place in the world. Absolutely. You know, knowing your place is important. Yeah. How, what are like practical ideas, I guess, you know, to connect to that tefillah, whether it's like, okay, some days I have, you know, I'm honest, 
some days the Amida and I are best friends and I'm, I'm really in it, but some days it's, it's going to be like, you know, just more me chatting. And, um, I feel that that tefillah changes, you know, obviously depending on where you're holding and the tefillah of surrendering, like, whoa, like, what does that look like? Like, how do we, mm-hmm. I mean, it looks different for everyone. I know that for a fact, but how so do we get to that place? Let's how do we- yeah, great question. Let's break down trust. Trust is really, as I see it, is broken down into mm. two aspects. One is reliability. Reliability. Do you really rely on Hashem as your source? Do you truly rely on Hashem, or do you mm. really think it's, oh, it's Hashem and it's the matchmakers? It's Hashem and it's the apps. It's like, where do you give your power to? So, do you truly, truly rely only on God as the source? That's that's part one of of trust. And part two is acceptance. Do you yeah. actually accept God's decision? Do you actually accept God's decision <sighs> for you? So you have to be able to, some people are better at reliability, relying on the source and other people are better at acceptance. So I often get my clients in my course mm. to, to, to type in the chat, which one are you better at? Like reliability or acceptance? Which one are you better at? Oh, that's, I definitely think I'm better at relying on Hashem than accepting. Oh, for beautiful. sure. That's where I'm holding right now. Yeah. Okay, so that's, that's then, then, you know, that's what you want to work on is acceptance, right? So every time something mm-hmm. doesn't go your way, Hannah, I want you to say, okay, thank God. There's some reason for this. So you stop yourself mm-hmm. in that moment when something doesn't go your way and you say, thank God. Right. Ooh, so, okay. yeah. so as in thank God is in like, there must be a bigger reason. I may not ever know what it is. It doesn't have to be clear to me, but I keep humbling myself to the fact that it's not on my timeline. It's on God's timeline. That's, that's the mm. humility. That's surrendering. Yeah. That is the humility. Surrender. surrender the will, surrender the will, surrender the will, the ego. That's really like, it's not, it's not my life. It's not my world. It's the Shem's world. Constantly surrendering that, surrendering that. So that's, that's one step one. Um, and then the other part of it is also that there is a difference between, well, if I'm totally surrendering and accepting a Shem's will, so why do I need to even pray for anything? Why do I need to pour my heart out? What does that mean? If that, surely when I'm pouring my heart out, I'm not really accepting a Shem's will, right? In that moment. So mm-hmm. what's, what do we do? So it's a beautiful idea of like when you step into like the Amidah, like you said, or some sort of prayer, you pour your heart out, you ask Hashem to bring whatever it is you need. And then when you take three steps back or when you step out of the prayer, you say, now I accept whatever you decide, Hashem. So we put in our effort, pour our heart out, ask, you know, put our effort in, whatever that is. For here, it's prayer is the effort. That's the Avodah Shebelev, right? The work of the Mm -hmm. heart. And then when I'm finished my prayer, then I say, hands up, accept you, Hashem, whatever you decide. Whatever you decide, I'll, I'll accept. Mm-hmm. And that's really, that's really, it's wow. the pulsing between those two, right? Stepping into the prayer, pouring your heart out, asking for things to change, stepping out of the prayer and saying, and now I accept, I accept Hashem, whatever you decide. Yeah. It's that balance because I find that if you don't leave, like if you're not in that balance and you're too focused on the asking or you're too focused on, let's say the surrendering, you're not doing enough work. And then you're also it's just, it's, it's not going to allow you to, to move through the situation. Exactly. Yep. You need the balance. Yep. Exactly. You definitely need the balance. I'm so curious if, if it's something you're comfortable sharing, were these things that you were able to tap into when you were single, or is it something that now in hindsight, you've been able to kind of understand better, or is it something that like Hashem gave you the wisdom when you were experiencing it? I went through many ups and downs and many, you know, cycles of hope and then mm-hmm. it's going to inspiration and then crash, darkness, despair, yeah. 
you know, and then you go, yeah, then you, you give up for a while and then you get back and then you get back on the horse at some other point, like a week or two down the track. Okay. I can do this. I'm back on. Like, you know, I went through that cycle for many, yeah. many years, many more years than pretty much anyone I've met. <laughs> um, and so, uh, at the same time, there was something about going through that cycle that allowed me to realize I'm really not in control. And so it was allowed, gave mm. me the gift of surrendering more easily than I had initially found in my earlier days. Um, and then of course there was a final, for those of you that know the story, um, I won't go through the whole story here necessarily, but there was a final crescendo right before I met my husband where I'd had a meeting with a CEO and I was really kind of ripped open internally forced to look within in a very, very deep way. And through after that meeting, I kept weeping for days. And what came out of the meeting was that I couldn't accept myself for being single. But on some level, I was judging myself for being single as a failure. And I think that's very common. I do not think I was, I'm rare in that. I think a lot of singles yeah. feel like there's something wrong with them and they're judging themselves. And, and when I realized I was doing that and then blaming it on God, I was blaming it on God. Like, how could you mm. do this? I was really judging myself. Um, I decided there and then not to do that anymore in a very, very, very deep place. So I decided to accept myself, number one. And then I practiced accepting God and said, God, if this is really, really, really what you want for me, it's not what I want. It, I'll be heartbroken, but I will do my best with whatever you give me. And I'll accept that that's what you've decided. I remember bawling my eyes out as I was saying that in a prayer. And I said, it's not what I want. I mean, I've heard this story and I'm like... It's not what I want and it's not what I would choose. And it's not, it, my heart is broken, but if this is truly what you choose for me, then I'll accept it. So it was practicing acceptance with myself and practicing acceptance with God. And the next, and it was on a very real level. You cannot fake this. You cannot just say the words and think you're, that's it, right? I, I was able to access myself that day in a way I had not been able to mm -hmm. access myself for years before. So Hashem gave me a gift of being yeah. able to access myself, access myself. And the next day my husband was suggested. So really what we see is that as soon as you practice that acceptance on a real level, that's really what God wants. God real. I mean, I'm not mm -hmm. saying that everyone is, yeah, I accept. And then my husband didn't come, you know, like it's not magic. It's, you can't do it as a vending machine to trick God and manipulate. If I just press this button of acceptance, <laughs> God's going to bring my husband. That, it doesn't work that way. Definitely I not. truly, truly accept it as if it was really, that was what was really about to happen, that I was going to be single potentially forever. And, and I would accept it. Right. And then only from being truly in that place, it says in Perkei Avos, if we break our will for Hashem's will, it says Hashem will break his will for our will, our will. And so the next day, all of a sudden, my husband was suggested to me. And, uh, and that was crazy, like literally, literally crazy. So it showed me how powerful what God really wants from us and what we need really deeply is acceptance and trust in God. That's best for us. Yeah. I think so much of the work that I have noticed in my life and what I'm just starting to maybe get a glimmer understanding of why we're here is to rectify this. I don't want to say it's broken, but this misunderstood relationship that we have with Hashem and just rectify it into what it really is meant to be. It's meant to be this um, unconditional love for you. And I feel like because of you know, whether it's the way you're brought up or just, you know, trauma, past relationships, whatever you name it, we feel like there's this conditionality between you and Hashem and whatever we go through, it's, we, it's this, I mean, it's the hope and the knowing that knowing inside of you that at least I tell myself that he loves me no matter what and anything I'm going through. Yes, there might be pain and pain doesn't mean necessarily bad. Pain is not the equivalent of bad. But that discomfort might be what I need to experience to, like you said, to really 
accept and know myself within that the depthness and within that that maybe it is disparity um and i i'd love to hear just in those cycles that you were discussing like how were you able to pick yourself back up again because it is, it is i mean not if it's not in dating it's every every other experience in life there are cyclical natures it's just the way i think the world runs and how were you able to pick your back you know pick yourself back up through those experiences I think, um, I don't think I did. I think, I think, I don't think you pick yourself back up. I think you kind of have a break and you need that break to reset. Mm. And, uh, mm -hmm. and often I would see God being nice to me in other areas in my life. So seeing God such mm -hmm. divine providence in other areas in your life and you're saying, well, clearly God cares for me. Right. When mm -hmm. I would feel down, I would see like a friend would offer me kindness out of nowhere for that day, the very day I was, you know, down or, you know, there'll be certain things that would happen that I would see the, the way my life was flowing that I really, I was being taken care of in every other area, but in this area I had to be tested, but I could see God's presence mm. in so many other areas that you have to allow it to touch you. You have to allow it to penetrate you, so to speak. And so, to, so that you feel loved when you notice that God's doing so much for you and maybe other areas, but for some reason in this area, you need, you're going through a test, but it's not, don't put all your eggs in this basket. That if this happens, God right. loves me. If it doesn't happen, God doesn't love me. So clearly God doesn't love me. That's what we feel. But that's dangerous mm -hmm. and it's not true. Yeah. yeah. And I think it also takes away just the gratitude within us if we start focusing only on the one thing that maybe we're not getting. You're completely blocking out an entire narrative, an entire relationship, and so many different other aspects of your life that could be the keys that help you find the strength within you to then get into the other areas that you feel like you're lacking in. Because I find like sometimes the answers to the problems are always within us. And we just, like you said, have to kind of look within ourselves and accept ourselves wholeheartedly. But I only find that that acceptance comes with the gratitude of knowing what you already have, um, mm -hmm. what you've been blessed with in a sense. So thank you for that. I, I just, I'm so touched by your entire journey and now what you're doing for so many women. I'd love for you to just tell us a little bit about like what your, your offerings are, what your coaching kind of journeys looked like. I'd love to hear your experience now being on, thank God, the other end of it, um, just helping women get, you know, under the hoop of please God, but more importantly, getting to know really what they want and what kind of light they have to offer into this world. Yeah, sure. So I, I made deals with God and I said, if you get me married, I'll help singles. And then it just turned into this huge thing. I didn't think I would help singles in this specific way. But um, what I did was I started this course because I really saw there was a huge need and lack in the Jewish community for this kind of work, which is spiritual, a mm -hmm. spiritual frame that we're, you know, that we, Hashem is above us and that we are um, an Hashem and we're here for a reason, right? We have a purpose and, and, um, but there's this inner work, this psychological, emotional work that's in, that we need to do internally to see if we're blocked, to see if, you know, we are really open to an amazing, amazing marriage, the type of marriage we'd love and we dream about. Are we truly, truly open to that deep down? And I find mm. that we can, we can block it. Um, we can block that by our inability or unwillingness to be open to receive it, right? We can actually kind of mm. get in our own way. You know, there's a beautiful idea that Shidduchim are like or your soulmates creating soulmates is like the splitting of the sea is the famous line, right? So difficult for Hashem to make a soulmate just like it was in for him to split the sea. So other commentaries come up and say, what are you talking about? Hashem can't make two people meet in the world. Are you kidding me? How is that difficult for God? 
Like it's not difficult. And I heard another beautiful answer that says, yes, correct. It's not difficult for Hashem. We get in our own way. So it's hard for Hashem to make our soul, our zivug, our soulmates, because we get in the, our own way all the time. And so that's really a lot of the work all is the getting time. out of your own way is like, how do I just be with myself and accept myself? How do I step out of judgment and criticism and blame and, you know, putting myself down and self-rejection and analysis and all these things that kind of push me away from my internal state of like what's actually going on. I try and like analyze it and judge it and fix it and change it, you know, rather than learn how to be with it. And through learning how to relate to myself differently, the whole thing changes. Um, and so, and so that's really what the course is about. It's like, do I have any subconscious blocks? If I do, how do I deal with them? Am I truly open to the type of marriage I, do, I deeply want? And if not, what is that resistance about? And, uh, mm -hmm. Can I really date from my higher self? How do I even get in touch with my higher self? How do, what does that feel like? How do I actually date from that place? Not only date, but imagine doing anything from that place. It's ideal, right? How right. do I trust more in God? How do I, how do I build that trust in a real way? How do I access my empowered feminine when I'm dating rather than if I'm masculine energy, Oof. you know, having choice around masculine feminine. And of course, any dating question that comes up, we deal with, but the dating questions, like, what do I say on a date and what do I wear? And when should I end it? And all those questions they're not the main focus of the course. The main focus is this deeper emotional and spiritual intelligence that I want to teach people the mm. tools so that they can do it forever for the rest of their lives for themselves. And, and it makes them a better wife and a better it's mother. So and it's so needed. And, and from the spiritual frame, meaning not just psychology, but also from the Jewish spiritual frame as well. So we do a lot of that discussion with, you know, about Hashem and about mm -hmm. and trust. And so, that's really the course that I created and it involves one-on-ones and group calls and online modules and access to me privately and all sorts of things people can do. But I, 95% of my clients come out and say that it's life-changing, literally life-changing. They feel different, literally practically. They have absolute faith that it's absolutely going to happen. They feel confident. They trust themselves. They feel worthy, clear, you know, they, they so much more so than when they walked into the course, like hugely. And people, their, their family and friends refer, keep coming, you know, they keep referring families and friends because um, the family and friends see the, the change on their faces. They see the, the change and go, oh my gosh, like, what did you do? You show up differently. You, you show, show up, up differently. differently. Totally differently. And so then so many people refer their families and friends because of that, because of that, that change. Um, so yeah, it's really powerful. Really uh, incredible. It's so powerful. It's so needed. And anyone who is listening, I really urge you to just sit with, what we've just talked about and um, reach out to Jackie. She is just really just a beacon of light, hope. And I think that we all need this, not just to get to a certain end destination, but really to, to fulfill who we are meant to be in this world and to maximize our potential because we're here for a reason. And um, like I said early on in this podcast, we have work to do and only you can do it. Um, so thank you so much, Jackie, for your time, for speaking. Um, but before you go, I wanted to, as I always do, I have an ending practice that I like to end the podcast with. I feel that we're always just on go in our lives and sometimes we need a moment to sit with things. So it doesn't have to be related to the conversation we just had, but I wanted to give you the space and vulnerability just to sit with something. So Jackie, what are you sitting with? What am I sitting with? Like an issue? It doesn't have to be an issue. It could just be something that you're experiencing, maybe you want to give attention to something good mm -hmm. that happened today, anything that, you know, resonates and comes up. 
Yeah, I'm sitting with that that balance of trusting Hashem and then putting in my effort, like with my business, for example, and trying mm. to build a business and learn a whole different business um, of like how much effort of like, I really feel I should be working hard all the time. And then like, actually, no, God's got that. Like, I don't have to do so much. I can. Ju- I have to just put in my effort mm. and just catching myself of like that letting go, like trying to practice what I preach, letting go of, but in a different arena, right? It's never ending. Yeah. So being able to surrender and let go to, yeah, I can just do my best and that's enough. And Hashem's going to create the outcome and that that's okay. And so we're not used to going through life with a sense of ease. We kind of feel that mm. when we're really stressed, that that's when it's, that's when I'm doing well. And so I've been kind of dealing with right. that issue of surrendering that concept, which is a limiting belief and say, no, mm-hmm. I can be relaxed and at ease and not work my head off. And, uh, and that's okay. Cause God's taking care of it. Exactly. I feel like just hearing you say that, it makes me realize like the narrative might change, but the tools are the same. So the more we strengthen yeah. those muscles, that's all it is. So exactly. thank you so much. And God willing, you should just have that feeling that Hashem really has you and find that balance within this new arena of your life. Amen. And thank you all so much for tuning in to the Sit With Sin podcast. If people want to contact me, um, Instagram is the best probably. Absolutely. There will be Jackie's Instagram and her information in our description, and I'll be posting it on Instagram for you all as well. So you will be able to connect with this amazing woman. Thank Thank you you so so much, much, Jackie.